0: Hello everyone, it's a strangely unfamiliar yet familiar voice here, Dale, from behind the scenes at the Music and Everything podcast. We're 16 episodes into producing this beast as an independent venture, and for the first time we've encountered a production hiccup with an irretrievable audio issue on the one and only Sam Gray's microphone, so for this episode you'll hear a bit of a disruption to our usual sultry and dulcet tones. This episode absolutely rips still, and I'm sure you'll have as much of a great time as always. Thanks so much for tuning in, as always, and I hope you enjoy the episode. There were toilet
1: paper rolls
2: everywhere. It was a mess. That's great. Well done. Two baskets filled with toilet paper rolls. You TP'd your own house. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. While concussing yourself. (laughs) Take yes. this, me. Have a great day.
1: But yes. And now every single time we go down the stairs, Samuel insists that I hold the handrail. Yeah.
2: You be bloody careful out there, guys. It's mm-hmm. a death trap. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's scary. Because mm. scary.
2: Cause you you fall at any time.
1: And then you may not remember, but you might remember remembering, and then you won't and then remember you remember
2: it. forgetting that you remember that you remember.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: And then I'll forget the whole thing.
2: And then forget time. it all, yeah, the yeah,
1: time. I had you stop a... using a handrail and you'll
0: fall again. Yep.
1: Yeah, because when I went on my ski trip in year eleven, there was um one of our teachers had a really severe fall while well, he was skiing. He like literally was like ragdolling down the mountain. Still doesn't remember. That's sick. Still doesn't remember the incident. <laughs> <laughs> the verb <third> ragdoll. <laughs> It's very evocative. It gives you, a, yeah, and he yeah,
0: slept. One frolics to the field. One ragdolls <laughs> down a mountain. Yeah. It's a very different
2: thing. Yeah. That sounds bad. You <laughs> ragdoll like, in that race after the cheese wheel thing. That's like that. You ragdoll down there.
1: Oh, yes. Yes. No one survives. No one survives. It's a there.
2: foolish thing to do.
1: But um, do you know what we're talking about? Are chase... referencing a cartoon? No, no, they no. no, no. Chase there's a real, the wheel of cheese. There's like down somebody the hill. rolls
2: a wheel of cheese down this massively steep Wait, hill. And... Is this real life? This is real life, yes. Keep
0: <laughs> talking about like, the
2: Aristocats bit where he's got this big Mickey. And it's <laughs> in no, it's, uh, it's people, people risking their lives for a funny game. Uh, for a wheel of cheese. Yeah, and they, they race each other down following the wheel of cheese. Okay, so I guess Many people break limbs to and injure grasp themselves. cheese. I think the aim is to survive. <laughs> to get to the bottom of the hill. Wow. Yeah. Then it would have to be a
0: large
1: enough
0: cheese wheel.
2: Yeah, grab. it's, it's a regular like a
1: size cheese. No, I think no, it's like, it's I like think a big, it's like a parmesan wheel. Oh, okay.
2: Ultimately, so it's it's no, it's, 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 it's just like a triangle, ash. little triangle of camembert. It's like <laughs> they've fallen upon hard times. We're just gonna, <laughs> you win. The, Toss um, the
1: cheese and fetch it.
2: The, I think you actually get the wheel of cheese as the fucking victor or something. I or hope
1: that. that it's a good wheel of cheese because no. it's also been rolled down the hill now. Yeah,
2: but that's it's been it's wrapped in its wax.
1: Oh, that's true. You know what, what I mean? If it's a
2: cold climate, it might be okay. I think it is too. Is it it's in France? In, no, it's in one of those countries where people hurt themselves and it's okay.
1: Because they have socialised medicine? Uh,
2: so no, Australian? because it's just accepted that that happens. Okay. I I'm just sort of like, chasing <laughs> cheese. Chasing down. cheese. Chasing a wheel of Ew. cheese down the
1: hill. Oh, it's in England.
2: Yep. It's, it's in England.
1: England. They would too, wouldn't they? Yep.
2: It all makes sense yeah. all of a sudden. I mean, with cheese the, the price of cheese being what it is,
1: it's, uh, it's risk. So it's very important. It's an eight to nine pound wheel of double Gloucestershire.
2: It's the kind of thing that would heal you a lot in Skyrim.
1: It uh, rolls down a hill at 70 miles per hour, which in regular human... 70
2: miles per hour? It's a very steep hill, that's what I'm saying. It like
1: 110 k's. Yeah, I'm more a, than It's 112 kilometers per hour. Mm-hmm. Slightly more than that. was pretty good considering you literally fell the stairs three weeks ago. Hey, so. wasn't it At about 112 kilometers. <laughs> per hour. And how many
0: pounds was it? Because a pound is like 400 grams. Oh, it was
1: it eight to nine pounds. I'll do the conversion to regular. Oh, wait, yeah. There's
0: a conversion shot right here. <laughs> Why do yes, have 450 them? grams.
1: Is a pound, Come so... Me. Let me just... Multiple kilograms line. of
2: cheese hurtling. <laughs> no one stands at the bottom of that hill. It's a like, four
1: kilo wheel of cheese. I reckon that's
2: the most dangerous part, is the, the speed of the cheese.
0: Heading towards some village at the base. Yeah, like <laughs> cheese
2: velocity has caused a lot of uh,
1: damage. Property damage, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, because surely, I mean, like, it's four kilos is not very much at all. <laughs> four kilos even at tossed across a room mm. hurt you, let alone hurtling at 110 k's an hour. Yep. With the force. And the so earth. people
2: then run down the hill that, that is that is steep enough and they basically end up ragdolling and tumbling and whoever crosses the line first wins. Uh, many broken limbs, some
1: deaths. Yeah, I don't think they're allowed to do it anymore. No, they are. They do. Have they done it this year? Um,
2: Surely someone's gonna stop that. Yeah, I love the idea that like maybe it was shut down because of like COVID restrictions. Yes. Like <laughs> I'm sorry, that's a real safety concern. <laughs>
1: Not the chasing, the COVID.
2: If you
0: land on top of each other, there'll be COVID transmission. Uh,
2: COVID transmission. No, uh, and everyone now has to go down the hill one at a time. (laughs) 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 One cheese wheel each. You're
1: not meant to eat the (laughs) cheese. Not at that speed.
2: (laughs) Just have your mouth wide open. Dude, when I eat cheese, it's at 112 k's. (laughs) Dollar twenty down the highway. Keep going on about the cheese. we haven't even
1: started the episode. We've already
2: lost it. Yeah, I know. Hello, everybody. (laughs) Welcome to the Music and Everything podcast.
1: We are back
2: after a brief hiatus. After Samuel needed to recover from a concussion after hurtling down his front stairs at the speed of a wheel of cheese. Sam, Samuel,
0: how are you? I'm doing much better. Thank you for asking.
2: <laughs> oh man, we're off to I did a terrific not rag. <laughs> you didn't ragdoll. That to his well, to his knowledge he didn't ragdoll them. No, I don't remember, of course a very tumble. short ragdoll doll if you did. Yeah, that's <laughs> seven steps. <laughs> about to it's not, not too impressive, but enough to jostle your brain. Good fun shit. So, long story short, we've missed you guys. Um, my name's Jim. I'm here with the Sam's once again. And today, we're covering a fun topic. This is one of the times where we're actually going to cover a, uh, a profession uh, and the history of a profession. And that profession today is one that we all rely on. And thank Christ for that. It's one that, uh, you know, I can't imagine a world without. And it's plumbing. Hooray. Hooray. Samantha. Yes. You are the CI in the hat.
1: Yes, but that is only because Samuel fell on the stairs.
2: Yes, because of the <laughs> cheese incident. <internal. laughs> yeah. Keep bringing that up. Yeah,
1: yeah. we are. Uh, yeah, because he may, he may not be able to, he may stop in the middle of a sentence. But I feel see like it's it important today. to acknowledge that you're still concussed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we're talking about plumbing today. Plumbing. Plumbing. Um, and I think what's, uh, and you said we're talking about a profession, but I mean, we're mostly actually just going to be talking about. It about the, the concept of The concept of plumbing. Because, mm. I mean, when we were looking into the profession, it was pretty much just like it is an essential part of our life, mm-hmm. and people do it not necessarily because they love it, but because it's a. It's, it's, a it's something
2: they, they know it must be done, it and must it be done, well. and it, pa-
1: it pays well. Because so. there are a lot of safety concerns. Yes.
2: Obviously, you're dealing with human effluent and.
1: Yes, and, and you're also dealing with like. Really cramped conditions, and yeah, there's a lot of dangers around what you're handling, and you have mm. to make sure that you're doing everything quite safely. But I think and there's
2: all the goombas, and yeah, you know, it's a Mario joke. Oh,
1: um. <laughs> for a second, I was like, yeah, yeah. "What the fuck are you talking?" about? <laughs> um, and but I forget Mario's a plumber. I don't yeah,
2: know why I forgot that.
1: Yeah, the the quintessential plumber.
2: You you just get caught up in the the racial caricature, I think, because mm-hmm. it? Le- it's a him. Um yeah, It makes good. more
0: sense in the Super Mario movie, of course. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're not oh, yes. we're not going down that tangent. <laughs> oh, we're just gonna wow. completely skirt that. but um plumbing is uh, essential. We couldn't live without it. Um it's ancient. Mm. and we're gonna get into all of that today.
2: I think that's partly why I can't imagine a world without it. And like when when you look into um, you know deeper into history, pre the prevalence of basically universal indoor plumbing, and I say universal, obviously, there's people that live without it today anyway. Mm-hmm. but like the idea that it's just Fine, that there's a river of shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's just fine for you to put that there. Yeah, that's like, hey, you. I mean, good shit. Well done. Yeah, I guess we Better should. Better out be... than in. That's a, you did well. We should probably warn that this episode is like. This is a. Uh... Like a relatively uh, Frank and
0: gross uh, Topic Yeah I mean we're basically This episode is Plumbers, pipes and, and poop Basically like
2: Yeah the three Ps of joy <laughs> yes. um, What I was going to say About that uh, The the triple pianissimo Of fun um, It's a music joke um, The uh, Play it very quietly um, Because it's private uh, <laughs> I love the idea that you're apologizing for like just, hey guys, just we are going to be talking about poo as though not everyone doesn't have rank shits daily. Like, <laughs> everyone listening to this, there's no one out there that hasn't shat before, during, or after this episode. But
0: that's exactly it, isn't it? Because without plumbing, we would be constantly aware of,
2: of this part of human life
1: other people's shit. Yeah, other we could learn
2: to despise or celebrate other people's shit. Yeah, so like. Well done, March. Good one.
0: <laughs> with you know, with um, the kind of life in Australia that we lead, where we have um, good access to water and plumbing and sanitation, sanitation, and the,
2: the only river of shit that we're really familiar with is Australian politics in general. Got him. All right, let's move <laughs> on. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, and so you know, like it becomes this private thing, and that's a cool historical thing as well. Like it, it's it's a private affair, mm-hmm. the, the affairs of the body, uh, and was not necessarily so in perhaps a time or a place currently um, in which you're shipping a bucket. Mm. (laughs) So, and with open navigation or perhaps even just like more kind of crude toilets.
1: Yeah. But I think the best way to probably start talking about plumbing today uh, is to maybe start with what, Let's start with etymology, because it's, oh nice, it's always a nice way to start an episode. We break so, from our
0: intro with an etymology break. Yeah, yeah,
1: etymology break. So, Samuel, you did all the etymology stuff. Mm-hmm. Talk, talk to me. Talk to us.
0: Okay, so the word plumbing. The word plumbing is, the etymology of the word plumbing is very, very obvious, or at least should be if you've studied chemistry, or even if you haven't studied chemistry, I was still kind of annoyed at myself for, for how obvious it was. So, it's just from a Latin word, plumbum, uh, meaning... Shushed him. Mm-hmm. Don't say anything. I'm just saying. Uh, and it means lead. Yeah. Hence, on the periodic table, it's PB. Is this for lead? It's just Latin for
2: lead. Okay, there's about five jokes here. <laughs> like, first of all, it has the word bum in it, which is, just, <laughs> which is just fucking fantastic. I think, second of all, the fact that it's PB, it's peanut butter, some peanut butter has the texture of shit, and some shit has the texture of peanut butter. The other one... <laughs>
1: it's <laughs> running through
2: them all. <laughs> that it's lead. And like, I, I would prefer rather than shitting lead, I would shit a brick. But either way, it's a big, heavy plunker <laughs> of the thing. There's plenty of material here to go with. Yeah. And I've chosen to go when with we, as much um, of it as I could. contain. When
1: we, prepare, we were preparing this for this episode, I was just reading through everything and going like, Jim is going to have the best <laughs> time with okay, this. No, uh,
0: of course, the, the reason why uh, <laughs> it means... Uh, we, we use the word plumbing that means lead is because... Um, It's a Roman word, and Roman pipes and Roman plumbing, they made their pipes out of lead. Which, of course, was really
2: good for everyone involved. Yeah, it was really great.
0: So now, of course, lead pipes aren't used anymore, even though you might find some of them in some circumstances. Would they
2: run, quick question, would they run water... Like drinking water through their lead pipes.
1: Yes. Now, this is really interesting. Just wait.
0: So, the, but there's not that much evidence of widespread lead poisoning because if you just did that the way they did, mm-hmm. you would think it would be really, really bad. Didn't
2: the rise of recognize- Christianity come out of that time? I mean, that's pretty strong evidence of that, right? <laughs> Got him. <Shut>
1: up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so...
0: so yeah. That went
1: over his head. Really
0: um, so the water going through the lead pipe um, is because in any other place... That would be a problem and create a widespread lead poisoning. But in ancient Rome, the Roman water was so full of calcium and minerals that it actually coated. <laughs> I'm <laughs> grinning because you're grinning and it's impending doom. It's fun. I'm going to let it go. Okay, so the, the Roman water was filled with so much calcium that it, it coated the pipe, and so the uh, lead didn't transfer as easily. It was basically insulated from the lead from because the water.
1: Because they weren't filtering their, their water yeah there was In- still
0: a lead poisoning though but not so much from the water it because they also made pots and pans and stuff out of the uh, <laughs> <yeah>, way what a So <laughs> <what a, laughs> no. it's yeah.
2: crazy right? I mean those inevitably crazy romans yeah but yes.
0: it's hard to identify stuff like that because you know if you used a lead pot now and people would get poisoned you'd go it's probably that lead pot you're using but <laughs> like when you're dying of so many things all the time. Yeah.
1: Yeah, just like, maybe I should have cooked that a bit longer. It's maybe like, you no, have, you shouldn't have cooked it at all. Maybe
2: you should have read the entrails like a proper Etruscan, you loser. And, you know, <laughs> fucking seen your fate. Come yeah. on.
1: But I remember when you were telling me this etymology of plumbing and you just said the word plumbum to me. And I, like, literally was like, I need to go tear up my degree. Like, yeah. I need, I get, I literally have a degree in chemistry. Plum I need them. to throw it in the bin <laughs> because I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> okay, so
2: then I was thinking about, why did you say the verb plumb like we plumb deep into the topic do, do we say is that a thing yeah it's a verb all right nice i'm a poet um, <laughs> um so it, it's a verb and it means to to sink so it's just like to sink nice. like lead.
0: so but it, it developed in the, the 16th century in english a uh, sort of a meaning like uh let's get to the bottom of this mm-hmm. let's plumb deep into this topic the bottom. uh like we do in this <laughs> Stop it's gonna keep happening <laughs> like like we do it in this podcast um but that's why it's also the root of the word plummet Oh, so is it really? The word plummet comes from the same root as the word plumbing, which both refer to lead. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. That's
2: ridiculous. Um. So. It's going down like a lead balloon. So,
1: the key, the one thing that I'm interested in, and I actually know a little bit about this, because obviously when you think about plumbing, you think about pipes, taps, all of those things. But mm-hmm. the one thing that I think a lot of people think about, which we keep coming back to, is the toilet. Yes. Um, and the etymology of toilet is really fascinating because it's not, it it's not. The trajectory that you think it would take to get from the original meaning of toilet to where we are now. Right. Um, so, if you don't mind me just like riffing on this for a hot second, Go ahead. sick. Um, so, the toilet used to be a place, a room mm-hmm. where women in particular would do their personal grooming. Right. And it was usually like a table, and they would have mirrors, and it would be filled with beautiful things. There's this really beautiful painting that I love, which is about. It just says the title of the painting is the woman at her toilet,
2: Mm -hmm. Um, but
1: she's in this gorgeous room. And so it's, it's about personal care. And then it started becoming a euphemism for very specific kinds of personal care. So like private personal care, like going to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it just became the word for the the thing that you poop in.
0: Because the word itself is basically just from a French word, uh, toilet, toilet, like toilet. Towel. Oh, right, yeah. Um, and that's because even before it was used as a word for a room, it was the sort of fine cloth you would hold the perfume in and present on a table. Right. So here's your, here is your toilet. Here's your toilet. Oh, eau yes.
1: oh, de toilette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eau yeah, de yeah. oh, toilette, yeah. yeah.
0: So, um. Parfum. It's really. And it became sort of like a metonym, like, you know, a word meaning like broad, m- multiple meanings, uh, referring to the concept of as you said, of grooming. Grooming Then of it became care. a term, oh this is where this is a room where somebody does their the toilet. Um so meaning, So a bathroom. A bathroom. And then of course lavatories in both through the nineteenth century, um, when that word transition was happening, were being put into those powder rooms, so to speak. Mm. Um, oh
1: okay, right.
0: Yeah, so it's self-care of a different kind. And then, as you said, you've got this euphemism of like, we need a, a nicer way of saying uh, I need, a shit latrine need to have a shit <laughs> <laughs> and so on a signage and stuff you know on a train or on a, in, a, in a house would say a uh, toilet this way mm-hmm. so the word now which is literally like toilet humor you know it's a word that means gross it's just a gross word because it me- refers to the toilet mm-hmm. Was actually the polite euphemistic nice way, of referring way of saying to it. yeah the lavatory. Like, yeah,
1: but now we say the bathroom or the lavatory yeah. because the toilet is so synonymous with shitting. Yeah, it's actually called
2: a euphemism cascade, which I didn't... Oh. Like, yeah. A euphemism cascade. That's yeah.
1: fascinating. That's
2: amazing. Or a euphemism waterwheel, if we want to be polite about it. The, um, <laughs> I, I often think about the royal family shitting, and I, I want, like... <laughs>
1: okay.
2: I feel like... I don't know if this reflects on me, and I also don't know if it's treason, but I... I <laughs> Like, I love the idea that it's just, like, it is this deeply humanising thing. Mm. But because of plumbing and the existence of plumbing, it can be private enough that it can be ignored. So it's, like, everyone got to know that the Queen drops a shit. I think, I think that that's important and humanising and that there's no such thing as divine right. And um, we should, quite frankly, eat the rich. Um <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED talk. Um, I
1: love that it. just a little TED talk in the middle of the podcast. Uh-huh. Well,
0: you know, like one of the te- one of the polite terms for water closet. Water closet. The dub C uh, is still used on plans, house plans. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, like architectural drawings yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. They still put a WC for. A toilet. No, I've seen that oh, yeah. across Europe.
2: there's you know. Uh, WC. I still have I, but I just did not.
0: <laughs> I did not think. Uh, so and
1: it's really mm-hmm. interesting because I think it was like we getting onto the subject of, like, what actually is a toilet. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the term water closet because we're talking about the fact that, like, flushable toilets are older than we think they are, but they're just not as, like, neat and compact and street
2: How old is a flushable toilet? It's oh,
1: debatable. It's debatable.
0: I know one of the earliest that I certainly came across was one from, I think, around... Um, Two to 3,000 B.C. Uh, whoa. But the thing is, when I say flushable toilet... It's still around, too. <laughs> still in regular use. Yeah, no, that's uh, actually,
2: like, I'm uh, pretty sure it's at your university. I, <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> used that toilet.
0: The, the, Flushable latrine would be more accurate. So a latrine is like you've got a bench, it's got a hole, you sit on the hole, yeah. you do what you need to do, yeah. and then um, I do... You take drastic action.
2: <laughs> you do what it needs to. be done, <laughs> And then water drags that away. Okay. So, and you so pour a bucket so the, in what, there. So there's like a downhill sort of slope and yeah. it washes away and you don't want to go to the toilet at the low end. Because <laughs> then you're just copping everyone else's as yours goes through. Yeah,
1: and you like basically have a bucket of water which you then pour down.
2: Yes.
0: Okay. So, yeah, it's so that, is, that, is, yeah. that was how the kings lived
2: 5,000 years ago. Shitting next to each other on a bench. Um,
1: but they would have their own private oh, shitting room. Okay, sorry, they in, were the, in public, the toilet. yeah. They were not yeah. public <laughs> lavatories, which did exist, public latrines. G'day, king. Um, well I mean Sam you did all of the I think My we should goodness. start at the beginning My goodness, we should start at yes. the beginning okay, the so,
2: very beginning very
1: yes.
0: good place. So so no, a, no, I say a fundamental thing about plumbing right so so far we've just talked about the toilet essentially and that's because that's front of uh, for us I think that's front of the mind if we go oh what's well, living without plumbing it's living without a toilet and that's just like ooh, that's not ideal right because
2: that's out of desperation and fear yes <clears throat>
0: but of course ancient people who are innovating in water and how to move it around weren't necessarily thinking about that in the same way um, so they were just like, I like splash.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, they were like, think
0: we need to get water in to our <laughs> Because they were smarter than me. <laughs> <laughs> because we need to wash things, we need to irrigate things. We yeah. need and to, we drink to, things to drink water
1: well, to survive.
0: Um, I'm tired
2: of it being dry I'm tired of it being dry all the time
0: <laughs> Picture that really long transition humans had Between um, in you know, Europe and Mesopotamia and stuff of being nomadic To being settled mm-hmm. And then their relationship with water changes Because they're not storing it and finding it as they go They're staying in one place and trying to get it to where they are Yeah, or settling right near water So basically they need to get water in But if you get water in, you have to get water out Because I'm oh, like,
2: where else is it going to go? In my belly, right? Yeah, you're gonna drink it all. You're gonna drink at the stream, <laughs> yeah.
1: the, water, the fountain. Like, oh, oh. Well, I mean, they obviously had mechanisms to hold large quantities of water. Like they had so a cistern, mm-hmm. which we would as- assume is the top part of the toilet. Yep. that's a cistern. Cisterns are just um, any waterproof receptacle for holding liquids. Um, and they're slightly different from a well because they had waterproof lighting. And oh, my there God.
2: Is... Oh, my God. I'm sorry. <laughs> what? It's just that, like, if it was a self-flushing toilet, its cisterns are doing it for themselves. But I, just, <laughs> I just hate myself. I just hate so, that um, I have to do Cis- these cisterns things. cisterns
1: existed from the Neolithic era. So, they had these sort of hand rock-hewn, yeah. like, <laughs> wells. Not yeah. wells, but, like, b- like bodies of water that they they held. Um and actually the ancient Romans had a system where it was basically like they would have this thing called an impluvium, which would collect, filter, cool and store water and cool and ventilate the house.
2: Yeah. Sorry, this isn't a new joke. I'm still laughing at the old
1: one. <laughs> um, but it's really, I, I love this idea of a system because these are the things like they would aqueduct mm. in water and they would hold it in these cisterns and yeah. there's actually some really gorgeous ones. I think there's this one that's from the 16th century in um, Algiers. El Jadida in Morocco, mm-hmm. which uh, was a Portuguese design, and it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And it's literally just to hold water. And and it's the, most
2: the most beautiful, most beautiful thing I've seen. Thing. Yeah.
1: It's beautiful. It's like architecturally amazing. I'm showing you a picture. I'm showing you a picture right now. Yeah, no, I'm go. Go. let's, let's describe.
2: Yeah, everybody. Oh, that actually is gorgeous. Can oh, you, wow. What to Google there? Can you spell that?
1: So it's the the actual um, th- locations called Mazagan, which is M A Z A G A N. And it's just this like it's imagine like the only thing I think of is uh, the dwarven halls, um, with the big pillars and the mm. arches. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. doom Yeah, thank you. Um, except that it's just Pretty got sure. water. Just <laughs> full of water. It's just full of water. Light sources and stuff. And it's got like these waters. like lights through the through the top, probably because I mean, why would they do that? Because then that would just create algae. Yeah, I mean, who cares? Anyway, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: like,
0: okay, you brought up the Romans for a second. Yes. The Orthodox. I want to start with that because um, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a myth busting needs to happen. Okay. Because there's this, okay. I, what I noticed from researching this is that a lot of plumbing, like history, like your standard narratives are just like amazingly Eurocentric, like oh, yeah. incredibly, almost disgracefully Eurocentric <laughs> to the point where they're factually wrong even about Rome, let alone other things. Yeah. So there's this classic kind of narrative where you go, Romans were brilliant. They invented sewers and aqueducts. They had this wonderful, Near modern sewer, and then they fell, and then the Dark Ages happened. Everything's bad in the Dark Ages. And it turns
2: out, like, all roads just go where they're going. Yeah, they just go everywhere now. Yeah. Um, Roads
0: go
2: everywhere. Sam. Um, It's actually a beautiful sentiment. (laughs) Talking about um, Rome,
0: Rome. the Dark Ages. Yeah, and so the Dark Ages, and you know, supposedly a time when there's. Science completely falls away across the entire world, supposedly, mm-hmm. and then, the world in yeah exactly, quotes. and then Europe again innovates with wonderful sewers in the 19th century. Isn't that great? And it's just like, this is just pretty much entirely bullshit. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh man! So the the Romans didn't invent sewers; they did them very very well, and of course, like the Romans' use of water was in- incredible for their time. But sewers predated for thousands of years prior, mm-hmm. and certainly during the Dark Ages as well. You know, like you know, there were Mayans in North America who were. I'm um, sorry, not in North America. There were Mayans in Americas who were um, channeling water through aqueducts and cleaning mm-hmm. it using limestone filters and mm-hmm. wa- washing away latrines and waste So Yeah, being wicked smart. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. So obviously that's a Eurocentric narrative. So, like, um, the earliest evidence we have is in Mesopotamia, and that makes sense because that's when the humans first formed cities and towns and, and stuff like that. Mm. And so, you know, you're talking well um, digging in the six thousand BCE sort of range, mm-hmm. there's evidence of latrines in the three thousand BCE
2: range. Mm-hmm. Can
1: you so you the train obviously is like a pre toilet.
2: Yeah, is um, that like a like a hole like you you know you
1: like you sit on a bench? It's like a, it's basically like a hole in the ground which goes into like a system, like not not like like, like a like a tube. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And were these private latrines or public latrines? Don't
0: know. This is very very. Oh uh, okay. <laughs> We're talking about you know. Uh, Five to 6,000 years ago.
1: Sorry, it's it's an interest.
0: Well, what's interesting about these these ancient examples in like Ur and um, Uruk and stuff is that uh, it's not always meant to get rid of the sewage, it's often meant to collect it because it was used as fertilizer.
1: Yes. Yeah. Mm.
0: And this is actually common for like the way waste was treated in, you know, right up until sort of early AD times. Um, and in some, you know, like uh, rural Scandinavia still have practices like this, you know, through the 18th century, mm. um, you know, where you sort of have a latrine that almost goes over uh, fertiliser for stock, like livestock. Mm. Um, and it was in China right. as well.
1: Yeah, there was that, the pig the pig house toilet where you ha- would have, you, like, your toilet would be up on a thing and there would be pigs underneath that would then be fed the poo- I don't know how pigs are fed. Okay. <laughs> but like that's the system that I know they like pumpkin. Oh,
2: okay. I don't know about human shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um,
2: So like there's amazing
0: ancient examples of I'm um, even older than Rome um, of water management and, and sort of early plumbing if you like. Mm-hmm. Um and one that I really love is Petra. Right. Um so Petra, Petra is like a it's a the Nabataean city, it's in modern day Jordan. Um, one to two thousand B.C.E. and a little bit earlier than that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, in popular imagination, it's like the huge red building with the with columns, and it's carved out of the rock in this. Huge oh, red in the camp. cliff face, yeah. No, okay, yes. no, In Indiana Jones, I have seen pictures of this. Yes,
2: in film and on the internet.
0: Yeah, Indiana Jones and the Holy Grail one, which is called. Is that
1: Petra? No,
0: yeah, it's Petra. It's Literally, oh, just
1: beautiful. Yeah, that's stunning.
0: There. Yeah, there's no like puzzles. Those and
1: have traps. been stolen by the British Museum.
0: Mm, okay. So it's called Al Um uh yeah, so this this place is a, was a mountainous desert. This was a thriving city in this time period, you know, about um, four thousand years ago. Um, and you know, was looked up to by people in Rome and Greece as this like amazing metropolis. But it's in this mountainous desert, in this red hot place. Mm-hmm. And the reason why it thrived is because they were really, really good at moving water around. And so when you apparently when you walk through these um canyons to get to the, the things like our, um, our cousin, mm-hmm. um there are these water channels this is now of course there's water channels carved into the sandstone along the side so you like picture like water running through that and perhaps mm-hmm. there's waves running through that so
1: would it collect at the top and like run down the canyon walls and then collect and then be like it was filtered? actually I think it was
0: coming from springs from a great very far away oh
1: okay <laughs> and up higher
0: Jesus and so they would run it along and then bring it in and of course and you've got water in you've got to bring it out and they bring it out and manage wastewater that way as well. Fascinating. Um, So, yeah, I can imagine there's this thriving marketplace and you're bringing in goods down this canyon and Mm -hmm. the water's flowing through And You know, the other civilizations saw that water control as something that meant that they were powerful,
2: Mm. which I think is really cool. Yeah, because, I mean, like, you can't survive without... Yeah. And to be able to manage that shows that you have resources and smats.
1: Absolutely. And, like... I love that they were using channels because obviously when we think about plumbing, we think of pipes. We think of either the lead pipes or the terracotta pipes because mm-hmm. there was somebody um, at, who's doing their master's at university who's looking at ancient concrete and industry. Mm. Um, and he's the man to go to if you want to know about ancient pipes because he's knows everything. But um, they used to do terracotta pipes and if there were broken parts of pipes, they would actually just... Terracotta over it. They just be like, oh, just mm. paste just it. Just over it. Just put like it. a literally yeah. paste yeah, right over the top, and then you just fix that it up. Here's your problem right there. Yeah, bloody <laughs> it There you are. Yeah. I wonder if they were webbed feet in the past.
0: Yeah, so there's, that's an example. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> what? So like Petra is an example of that. Wasn't the name that people who lived in Petra called it? By the way, it's a Roman name. Anyway, what was it? Well, the Romans con- conquered Petra. I okay. actually don't know what it was. <laughs> okay, there you go. Do there we? Go. Is,
1: is it one of those situations where it is known? It is known. Okay, I just
0: I don't know. Um, it is known. it is no so that's like a, that's a public infrastructure thing uh, ancient Egypt had lots of private infrastructure sort of stuff where the wealthy would have flushing sort of latrine things with mm. water, water fountains and stuff um, which is starting to get kind of familiar but the closer you get to Roman times you start to get these incredible um, I hate the phrase but ahead of its time developments in China um, so uh
2: Ahead of the generally accepted time. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, you're right. What times are we talking about here? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there was like Ping Lian Tai, which was an ancient Chinese city, had sewers, pipes uh, made of earth, earth and, like clay sort of thing, um, beneath the city. That was like 2000 BCE. And in actual fact, it could have been older than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and when China sort of first uh, united under one emperor... The first emperor of China, um, Qin, and that's uh, the third century BCE, um, had a whole program of like making a sewers, uh, in cities. Um, so we're talking about stormwater systems as well, and mm. sewage and surface water being carried away, full of networks of ceramic pipe. And so by sort of two hundred CE, you get the um, city which is Chang'an, which is actually um, still today Xi'an, mm-hmm. um, a very ancient city. Um, Has a sewer that's comparable to ones being done more than a thousand years later. They're made of brick. Mm. Um, They have huge openings. So like the London sewers,
1: which are like massive, and in the industrial era they were developed in order to like help with Britain having shit everywhere. Yeah, well, I mean, Chang'an
0: at the turn of that millennium was one of the biggest cities in the world. It had like five hundred k in 500,000 Wow, that's a lot of people. Um, which at the time was was massive.
1: It would have smelled amazing because there wouldn't have been shit everywhere.
2: Yeah, nice. Because
0: that's a
1: big. So that's a lot of. Yeah, stuff because like
2: the, the absence of shit is the only thing that makes something smell amazing. You're right. You're
1: right about that. <laughs> no, um, but it is something that's really interesting about the ancient, the ancient world is that like you can never get close to the. Um, sensation of smelling that environment because you would pass out
2: yeah like we could go to rome and walk the forum and go like ah yes what a magnificent thing and it's just like it would smell like absolute garbage um i love the idea though that this is like again you talk about the eurocentric uh Hmm. historical view we have of, of plumbing and whatever and i love the idea of you know the romans saying that they invented sewerage is, is kind of... Or, like, you know, plumbing in that way is kind of like the Italians now having the audacity to tell us what is or isn't pasta. You know what I mean? It's just like kind of... This is all taken at some point, he said, using their alphabet like an asshole. <laughs>
1: Indeed.
0: So, yeah, like, all of that, a lot of it predates Rome, um, and of uh, some of it is at the same time. A lot of the Chinese examples are around the same time. Um, but, you know, Rome itself, I mean, obviously... They did go pretty crazy with this whole idea. <laughs> like, they had 11 aqueducts pumping water... Mm. Not pumping, obviously. Carrying water from the, yeah, from the streams in. and mountains. Um, flowing into a, one of the biggest
2: sewers in the world, the Cloaca Maxima, was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, it is just such a good idea. I mean, that's, it's, for me, again, it's... And I, I pretty much say this every episode now. It's just, like, historically looking at people inventing and conceiving of these ideas. It's just... it. it, it fucking smart Sam it's just such a good thought to one have
0: one of the remarkable things is that it's so much of it was to enable stuff that surely hundreds of years earlier would have been uh, rampant luxuries like the baths like mm. the famous bath houses of Rome oh yeah and these huge basically what we consider a public swimming pool or something mm. Mm. Um, and they would use uh, a rainwater where they could to fill those bars but then they would flush those into the sewers but of course they'd go run along tracks that would flush the latrines Mm. So that's how they do it. It's not like you would go, oh, I'm done with this latrine now, pull the chain, (laughs) flush, like that technology didn't exist. They were just making use of sort of semi-constantly flowing Mm. water that they're trying to control.
2: One thing that I will say is I think that, you know, it's so easy to take plumbing for granted nowadays to the point where, like I said at the very beginning of this, that like I can't imagine a world without it kind of thing. Mm. But all it takes to shake your... Sort of the fiction you have about how what plumbing is, is your toilet being blocked. Yeah. Mm. That happens once, your toilet stops flushing or something like that, you realize just what a dire predicament you're in. How precarious that situation really (laughs) is.
1: So close to to, to horrors. So, I mean, that's a great transition to, I think, talk about sort of toilets in that way because pipes, like the movement of water is really important, and obviously, water hydraulics is kind of the core principle that drives a lot of plumbing is like how in in all plumbing it's just movement of water it's how do we move water from here to here and then it gets more and more complicated the more they're trying to do with that system so in terms of modern day toilets or modern day piping you have all of these things called traps or bends which stop things like sewer gases from coming up or bad smells and they create all these systems to prevent all of these toxic elements of Mm. sewage coming back into your house so um you know, when you look under a sink and you've got the pipes that sort of do this they're U-shaped, yeah. all these P-shaped mm-hmm. things, they're designed to sort of act as like a water trap. So they're called traps. Mm-hmm. They trap water in that lower bend because it stops gas from coming back in.
0: Yeah, so oh. like a U-bend or like S S-trap or whatever, whatever um, what it is. There's four different shapes. But like a, a trap, at the, an example, is always the toilet because we look at it all the time so everyone knows what it, it is. It has an internal trap. It has an internal trap. It's not in the piping, it's in the device. Mm-hmm. So there's that you know, bend where water is always there. Yeah, and the when you flush, the-, the force of the water pushes all of that other waste away mm-hmm. and replaces that water that's still there, mm-hmm. which is trapped yes. uh, in that U. And as a result, the gas can't flow up the pipe and yeah. reach you.
1: Because when we're talking about these latrines and latrines being this sort of like, you know, this tube into the ground with a seat, you know, if you want a modern equivalent, it would be the drop toilet, Mm -hmm. which we have in a lot of campsites in Australia is this just tube down into the ground. They let smells back up. They let gas back up because Mm -hmm. they're just a straight line. And obviously, if you've got water running through, that helps because you're removing waste. But it still allows for these sorts of dangerous, noxious fumes to develop. And obviously, in a time where they didn't have germ theory bad smells equals disease.
2: Yeah, of course.
1: And so all of this sort of...
2: um, Not like the worst theory, you know what I mean? I mean, mean, the (laughs) thing
1: is, and this is what I'll... It stinks, you're dying. (laughs) This is the thing. It was like, bad smells usually mean bacteria. So they were like half half right. Mm. But so what that resulted in, and we're talking about sort of more modern times, like in the 1870s, 1880s, this is where we started actually getting things like the U-bends and traps and watertight plumbing... What a concept. Watertight plumbing was not a thing up until, like, the end of the 19th century. That's chaos to me. Though. Which is insane, well, right? it's because there were
0: developments that, that, that led to people needing to invent it. Mm. So, like, you know, it's like uh, with early early proper kind of toilets um, rather than just a latrine that flushed in a familiar way um, didn't have a U-bend. No. And they're from the 1500s, sort of thing, 15, 1600s. Mm. Um, and they didn't work very well because... Um, The pipes often, they didn't know much about pipes at this time. And so, you know, when a column of water and waste goes down a pipe, it's a huge force Mm. being applied in what could actually be a um, a closed system. Mm -hmm. So what happens is you're raising the pressure ahead and
2: lowering it behind the the column. Mm -hmm. Um, So You're creating a shit rocket bomb, like um, an explosive device. So
1: you could burst the pipes or
2: worse, it could... It could thrust it back up It'd again. Up. yeah,
1: yeah. True. Which would be a nightmare. And so they have all of these... It would these, be at least funny. I mean, unless you were in the room really close to the toilet, then it really wouldn't be funny. <laughs> and so you have all these things, so pressure, they have to figure... Basically, they have to get a almost like base level understanding of fluid mechanics in order to make these pipes work properly because you need to have an understanding of we need a way for the pressure to maintain itself throughout the entire pipe and so there were like air vents that would occasionally exist. So I've actually
0: got... Yeah, so we still have them. So um, so you know that you see on the top of a house, um, I can actually see one right now because mm-hmm. it's the way. Yeah, um, guys, look. look yeah, guys. everybody turn your heads and look. Look, um, look. look, On the top of the roof is like a, a white pipe with a vent in it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, that's an air vent for a whole series of drainage um, pipes. Um, that's so- not a chimney? It's not a chimney? No, it is. No, I mean, just- it kind of <laughs> is a
1: chimney, but mm. for, for gas.
0: Yeah, so mm. it lets air into the system so that it doesn't create, a, like, a vacuum that then could explode or siphon mm. back. Um, but it also, is, it reeks. Um, so that's why they're on roofs, because they need to get the air away where we can't smell it.
2: Well, I, for one, am grateful for the shit chimney.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and so... They the, call the pipe. I would... I would <laughs> yeah. I, we can pretty much thank modern d- developments of toilets, because, like, the latrine that we're talking about... The, the public latrines that happened in the ancient world mm-hmm. up until this sort of flushing latrines in the 15th, 16th century, not a lot changed. The technology sort of stagnated. Like they, they didn't get much development until we sort of reached this sort of 1870s, 1880s stage of this miasmic concerns, this concern about bad smells mm-hmm. and also these interrelated ideas about Sanitation, domestic hygiene, and morality, which is a really interesting intersection of I- of ideas because essentially it became the moral and social responsibility of an individual to remove dirty things from your life, which is difficult because n- not everyone's a plumber. And so they mm. had to... This is where plumbers became so integral into yeah. every a- everyday life. And so they developed all of these ideas around how to create um, efficient and effective transport of waste in and out of places.
0: Because this all relates to like one big question, um, which is, like, we've talked about our cities used to be really gross. There's the medieval kind of image of the shit bucket out the side Mm -hmm. of the street. There you go, love! (laughs) (laughs) And, like, you know, in early 19th century London, the Thames is, like, literally a river of sewerage, Mm -hmm. and it's disgusting. And even Rome even though it was, like, for the ancient world, amazingly clean, um, if you got out of the centre, it's not like every latrine flushed to the Colica Maxima sewer. Mm -hmm. They often just went to a cesspit. They often tossed stuff out the window. And also, apparently, they just tossed garbage out the window and just left it on the street, and so much so that they would have to build streets on top of the garbage. Um, So there's lots of reasons for it to be disgusting. And then there's the bigger question of, like, when did cities stop being disgusting? Yeah. Like, at what point did, like, cities as a norm... Especially, like, maybe as an example, like... Yeah. A- when was the
2: last time you were in, like, the Sydney CBD after midnight? Mm. Good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah,
1: but, I mean, it's a different standard of cleanliness. Years. <laughs> it, it means- 11
2: years. Okay, good. So yeah. It's a know. different
1: standard of cleanliness, I suppose, is what we're, we're referring to in our modern mm. day. When we think of a dirty city, we're not thinking about the same thing as a dirty ancient city. Where yeah, what
2: got- is considered just, like, just how it is?
1: Yeah. yeah. And so...
2: I mean, it used to be. I mean, like, actually, really good example. Like, up until... I mean, when was um, smoking indoors band in Queensland in Queensland yeah. yeah so that's not that long ago he said desperately um, but the, like the, there was also the whole thing about at the same time cleaning up the streets in terms of cigarette butts and stuff like I remember in the 90s um, like cigarette butts basically everywhere that was just accepted that it was just on the ground you would see them everywhere and there was a, a point where it just changed and it was just like that's not there anymore so again one of those is just how it bloody is mate yeah. Is Now all it took was like a uh, like a policy, like we are not doing this anymore. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you've got what is now accepted. So when I go to an area and I'm seeing cigarette butts everywhere, I'm like, what the fuck is this? You know? Yeah,
1: and I think that that sort of state intervention is sort of what defines the shift because it became the um, purview of the sort of sanitary reform individuals uh, who were basically people who were concerned about illness because they were... Rampant cases of things like typhoid, malaria, mm-hmm. diphtheria—all of these incredibly contagious and dangerous illnesses. You have the iconic story of John Snow, who Which we uh, talked about this who, on the uh, Maps, the maps or, episode, okay. because he was the first person to do an epidemic epidemiology study of cholera, and, uh, that's he, right, and he, yeah. he found that it was the result of a sewer pipe leaking into a water pipe mm. because the pipes weren't waterproof at this point; they weren't watertight, right. and so. Um, there were all of these individuals who's, who were basically making, I was going to say making a stink about... <laughs> um, making it, but, That's good. But yeah. raising an alarm about sort of hygiene and this in particular, this was sort of exemplified by air and by water because mm-hmm. the cholera outbreak in particular made people all of a sudden aware of the fact that, bad water can also cause infection and so this is where plumbing became the focus of intervention. Mm. And so you had all of these policies, like, and some of these, I'm going to read out a few of the, like, they, they literally made like a policy change. I'm going to read out some of these because
0: Please
2: do.
1: They, um, they seem logical to us now. So one of them is complete separation of the drinking water and wastewater system. Great idea. I think that's a solid idea.
0: We uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> have to write this down.
1: <laughs> yeah. Water closets that flush thoroughly to prevent the putrefaction Putrefaction of waste. Also, solid idea. Love that. Watertight pipes. No floaters.
2: Floaters are bad. Yeah,
1: no no floaters. Uh, Flush everything. Watertight pipes to conduct waste into the sewer. Love that concept of a watertight pipe. That's great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the Into the sewer
0: bit is uh, critical. Yeah.
1: Into the sewer, and a sewer is critical because there's a lot. You're of... You're not just
0: setting up like prank pipes to your neighbour's laundry. <laughs> <lounge room.
1: laughs> that's a, a
0: trick. That's that's a serious thing. It was in the 19th century England, and it still is it now. Still is now. That, yeah. Where like not the prank pipe bit. <laughs> <laughs> just just that it's like, ooh, you ooh. might have a flushable toilet, but it goes down a pipe to somewhere else, like a cesspit or something. Yeah
2: yeah, yeah, right. it, yeah. yeah.
1: And we, I mean, you think about like I, I know some people who still have. Um, what are they called? Oh my god, I just completely like forgot. Like an
2: outhouse? No, no,
1: no. The um. Oh my gosh, what are they? Which one of you had the? Concussion? They're around. Um, yeah. And it goes around. into this. Oh my god. I
2: think. Or no, let's play charades. Okay. Let's play charades. <laughs> it's good. It's all. It's this is good content. No, we, no, what, <laughs> no. charades, please.
1: No, no, no. I must know. Okay, so it's it's basically this big concrete device which would hold the waste, and it creates this anaerobic process. And it's known as, in my brain, it's I'm going to... Septic tank? Septic tank! Oh, wow. <laughs> Holy wow. smokes! Wow wow wow, 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 wow,
0: wow, And this reminds me, because I wanted to bring this up, because there's a very Brisbane-related sort of common anecdote that's always told about, like, sewerage and plumbing in Australia, is that unlike the bigger and older cities of Sydney and Melbourne um, and richer cities, <laughs> um, which had plumbing and sewerage in the close suburbs from very early... Um, Brisbane didn't. And so it was only the close inner city suburbs that had um, sewers. Mm. And so it took until the 1960s for what we considered, like, you know, the outer ring of suburbs at the time, like, you know, map of that sort of thing, um, to have sewerage. Jesus Christ. (laughs) It was the late 60s. So, and what was done instead was use of things like septic tanks. Yeah. And that's why in the architecture of houses in that outer area of old Queenslanders, mm. old wooden, wooden houses on stilts, there would be an outhouse, and there often still is. I've visited many old houses that have still got an outhouse that's maybe not in use, it's repurposed. Mm-hmm. And the even more common one where there's sort of on the balcony, you go out onto the balcony and there's a little room. There's like a toilet room. And it's still the bathroom sort of thing. Mm. And it's because they it, it wasn't in the house because it was a bit gross. They went straight to the the septic tank, as recently as, you know, when the Beatles were splitting up. So Interesting. (laughs) Yeah, and so... Um, I I, I just (laughs) wonder, like,
2: uh, what's interesting to me, right, is that, like, again, we talk about these policy changes, these things being, like, just like, okay, here are the new... Freaking rules! We're gonna do this for the sake of everyone's safety and health. And it's like the idea that if, if, if modern times are any reflection of what it was like back then, there's got to be like some small group of people wearing fucking red hats, going, "You can't take my freedom away to shit there in were, the fucking street like I a mean, moron." There hat. were definitely
1: <laughs> groups of people who viewed cleanliness. Make my
2: shit river great again when no. <laughs> I pack it.
1: They, um, there were definitely people who sort of viewed excessive cleanliness as unhealthy. So, like, being too clean was a problem for for a lot of people, but I don't know how much that related to uh, toilets and that because there was, in the same time period, the transition, and this started earlier, but this transition from the, well, we've been talking about public latrines, like mm. public toilets, but not in the way that we know them, literally just a bench with lots of little holes. I mean, mm. is that accurate? Yeah, no, it is, it is yeah. accurate.
0: Even in, like, you know, this time period we're talking about in England, it's the, it's the um, communal privy uh, where you'd have, like, a, a set of three holes, no boundaries or anything. You just sit next to each other. And
1: chat.
2: I just love the the, the idea of two words that are contradictory, a uh, communal privy. Um, <laughs> yeah. To <work. laughs>
0: uh, trying to be discreet. Still. Yeah. Um, but, like, it goes back to It's to a Rome. private group. Yeah, like Rome <laughs> had, had like, ones, like, uh, you know, in the Forum or in the Colosseum or something, and you'd walk into it, and I saw an image that was presumably recreating it, um, and it sort of reminded me of there's you know like similar ones in stadiums but with the urinals in men's rooms where there's mm. just three walls you know it's this massive mm-hmm. room but it's like that but it's, it's all the latrine benches
2: yeah And so it's it's where deals just are done man yeah. It's where the and magic it was, happens it
0: actually became a socialisation thing
2: are you actually shitting me
0: people <laughs> talk to each other yes um, <laughs> no, I see I
2: see yes. Yes. <laughs> Cause that's, Yeah. get it
0: because
2: latrine that's funny that is a good joke thank you
0: yeah and they um yeah, they cleaned their butts with a communal sea sponge, which was on a stick, uh, and it was named Tesorium. And...
2: They named the sea sponge?
0: No, I think it was just what it was called, but maybe they named it. I don't know, maybe they gave it names.
1: Yeah. Uh, and they so, shared it with each other. Yeah, so we, we basically They just went... named
2: it after the previous emperor. Can you pass me the Tiberius, please?
1: <laughs> and so we went from these public latrines to increasingly more private bathrooms until eventually the public toilets became individual stalls, in which you try not to re- even be aware of anybody else being in the room with you. Because going to the bathroom... anal sponge. Yeah, because yeah. like going to the bathroom went from being a place where you would catch up with people yes. to a place where if anyone tries to talk to you, you want to kill them.
2: Yeah, avoid eye contact. Yeah, me. like
1: you just don't acknowledge anyone's because it's become such a private process. Yeah,
2: so I, I've given cursed knowledge to you all and I apologise. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, he said that to me and I was like, why would you even say that?
2: That's a, Yeah, no, I'm actually really happy about the shared sea sponge thing. I mean, You're, it's like, I'm okay, happy about it because yeah. we don't have to do it Anymore, anymore right? yeah but the very concept of a named sea sponge is fucking adorable. We were talking
0: about the fact that <laughs> we were talking about the fact that um
2: better, was better resistance to better than using a sea urchin <laughs> or a cucumber of some
0: Stop kind. It.
1: Um, uh-huh.
2: We were talking about the fact that cleanliness was resisted
1: yes. in Europe
0: because it was like oh, shower more than once every six months. That's disgusting. So
2: wanton extravagance,
0: but like you know, that's one of the reasons why when Europeans went to Japan they Japan Japanese people often refer to them as filthy stinking foreigners because it was
2: quite accurate.
1: Yeah, yeah, cuz it like
2: it's just a description.
1: <laughs> well, I think what's really interesting is like you were talking about the fact that there was all of these amazing developments in um, you know what we classify as ahead of their time developments in sort of China and like sort of that East Asian region. Um, they also have like a long culture of hygiene practice which um, makes sense when you're thinking about why would they want to have these water-in, water-out systems because they value hygiene. Mm. Um, and you see that so sort of reflected in kind of the adoption of even more modern technologies, like something like the bidet, which comes from sort of a French and European tradition but has been adopted and kind of like almost souped up in mm. Japan to be this sort of like almost you can't have a toilet without a bidet.
2: The original bidet was just a beached whale. Um, <laughs> <What>? But... <laughs>
1: I just it yeah. be shared
2: communally.
1: Yeah. But I think that when we're talking about sanitation, it's 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 so intertwined with plumbing. Don't laugh at that, and you mentioned this idea of like I mean, mentioned this idea that the kind of plumbing systems and tech and technology we have now is not universally shared and that's very much the case. There's lots of places in the world that don't have access to even something like a flushing toilet. Mm. Yeah, because like
0: when we say so often we will use time references to refer to oh, you go back in time when... Uh, You'd shit in buckets. There wouldn't be toilets yeah. and stuff like that and you don't yeah. have running of water. We I mean, so often in Western nations just try to, try to uh, put everything on, not just put everything on a Western timescale, but in fact put like developing nations, even the term developing mm-hmm. nations is this, like in the past. Yeah, we'll right. We sort of say they're behind the times. Yeah, okay. Rather than saying there's rampant inequality in the world led mm. by developed nations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as a result... Um, there's horrendous water and sanitation inequality
1: mm. in yeah which, which has resulted in like a lot of like so there was so I talked about the cistern being this thing to hold water and it's now become synonymous with the toilet and there's this campaign called the I think it was the one million cistern campaign which was about getting like flushing high like what's the word safely managed sanitation um, to countries that don't or to regions that don't have access to that because there are there are categories of sanitation there's open defecation Unimproved sanitation and improved sanitation which has a variety of sub sort of like levels and safely manages what we have mm-hmm. which is we have pipes in that have clean drinking water that do not need to be uh treated treated in any way and san- and waste water that goes to a managed sewerage system not into just like and and then if you had something like limited perhaps you would have that going into a field or a cesspool, but it would still be getting it out of the living space. And yeah. so there's all these levels. Or
2: owned by a private company in the United States of America.
1: Yeah, and so there's this map that was published, which I'm just... I am going to just show you. It's another visual aid. Sorry, guys. Um. scribe it in... Vivid. So basically it's a map of the world which showed the po- share of population using safe, safely managed sanitation facilities as of 2015. There's a lot of this map that it's that is... Um, blank because we don't have any data about it. Like we, we have absolutely no data about water and sanitation management. Is this just uh, Google?
2: Yeah, so you search? can just
1: look it up. If you just look up um, improved and unimproved sanitation, these sorts of things will okay, come yeah. up. Um, but basically, if you have a look at that,
2: wow! The darker the color,
1: of... the better the yeah. quality of sanitation.
2: Yeah, so there's a, a great deal of uh, yes of continents that are just plain clear. Gray. Yes. <laughs> That's yes. not good.
1: No, and and there's a there's a lot of um there's a lot of inequality even within countries. So there are countries that some people have access to safely managed and some people mm-hmm. don't.
0: Yeah. Now, for example, if you look across a whole like in sub-Saharan Africa, if you look across one nation, you might see oh my god, it's only 11% improved sanitation. Mm. Which you know by Australian standards is obviously unthinkable and shocking. Insane. Um, but if you look at it like cities have more access to sanitation than mm-hmm. the like but it's just the rural areas might not have any or um, have very a, limited access to that yeah, sort of stuff. Which is
1: a very common trend across a lot of countries. So like even in some place like Australia, mm-hmm. cities obviously have these incredible water access and sanitation access, whereas if you go out into rural sort of Australia, they still rely on things like septic tanks. They still yeah, rely okay. on other mechanisms of sanitation, mm. but they get clean drinking water into their, their house.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, that 11% isn't necessarily, like, those with pristine water and then those with a shit river. It's exactly. People it's people in different
1: circumstances. Yes. So. Yeah. It's, yeah, absolutely.
0: So, like, yeah, there's this... <laughs> there is still, like, this kind of story as to why... Um, the, what we see is amazing sanitation now with u bends and toilets and stuff came to be um and I think cholera, yes, the, the cholera epidemics of Europe are like really key to it. and
1: the so, big stink of Britain
0: the big stink.
1: Yes, yeah, so the Big Stink... I'm sorry, is this a real thing? This is a bit real thing. Let me... Scrim.
2: Is there a different name for that or is that literally the historical it's, it's kind of... It's called
1: the Big Stink. The Great Stink. Sorry, my apologies. <laughs> the Stink maximum. So,
2: I was going to say big seems like... <laughs> and,
1: this was, and this was literally attributed to them not having something like a U-bend on everything. Okay. Basically, in 1858, the Thames was a shit river. There was so many... The, the sewers were basically overrun. Um, and there was... Uh, shit and rubbish everywhere to the point where I'm pretty sure that in a, during a parliamentary sitting, if, if I might have this wrong, that some members passed out because of the fumes. Wow! That's why it became not because it was like a hugely
2: hot summer and everything. It was a huge Maybe and hot that's hot what summer. happened to like Barnaby Joyce in Parliament that time.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Oh no, he's just a drunk. Sorry. Mm. So yeah, the, and the deputy McGuire. prime minister of Australia, formerly by the way, this guy for mm. those listening overseas, falls asleep on the job a lot. Formerly. Form early. Not formally, formerly, yeah. <laughs>
0: but yeah, so like the, you know, all of the waste kind of, you know, fermented and got really gross. And of course mm. it was everywhere. And so the sewer pipes um, carried up the smell and so everything stank. And it's mm. actually funny that it was this, that not cholera, that led to the creation of the sewers, really, because... The stew was, it was expanded in the late 19th century, but it was actually started in like the 1850s, and but, it was because of this. But the
1: reason why was because they thought that the smell was going to increase mm. the cholera outbreak because they thought the smell mm. was the way yeah, that cholera transmitted, which right. it didn't. It was a water-transmitted disease. Um, and So, so they, they
2: accidentally got it right. They <laughs> right. I mean, it's sort of one of
1: the things they got it wrong, but they had the right solution. And I'm yeah. like, it also was just bad. And so yeah. you have this amazing guy called Joseph Bazalgette. Right. Who what developed? It's an mm-hmm. amazing. So Joseph
2: Bazalgette, and
1: he was a civil engineer who basically developed the first sewage system within uh, Britain, Right. and was he basically you mean like, was like a citywide network? Yeah, basically he was like, I have a solution to get this shit out of here, mm-hmm. and they let him build a big the what we you know the, mm. the British sewer system that they now have is as a result of this guy, and he actually wrote yeah. his uh, ancestor descendant, sorry. His descendant wrote the His foreword. His ancestor knew this was going to happen. <laughs> His descendant wrote the foreword of this book, which we did use a lot, which was called An Underground Guide to Sewers, um, which is pretty awesome. It's got a by whole whom? bunch of... Uh, by. So it was written by Stephen Halliday, and the yeah. foreword was writ, uh, written by Sir Peter... Basil gets. Wow. The great, the great... Mm. I think it was the great, great, great... And he gets a royalty every
2: time somebody flushes as well, which is fascinating. So.
1: But yeah, Amazing. a really interesting book if you're interested in plumbing and the, and the sewers and that whole process, because it, it takes you through ancient, up until modern technologies. Mm-hmm. Um, really cool pictures of underground sewers and how kind of elaborate they are. So that picture that I showed you of the sister mm-hmm. with the columns and stuff, quite a lot of sewer systems were also just had that sort of... Designed to them, they're actually mm. kind of designed spaces, which I think on a macro level. That's, yeah, it's that's really insane. cool. Siphon the
0: sewers. We've got this thing where um, cholera is um, like raging really badly. People are trying to find solutions, mm-hmm. and you've got what we were talking about with um, Jon Snow. Yeah, and like you know, but how does this ha- come towards like oh, now everybody's going to have plumbing? Like, how do we? What, what's the connection?
1: Um, so basically, what happened was the cholera outbreak became increasingly worse and we have this coupled with in this time period there was a birth rate decline and so the panic about people dying of illness became even greater because people weren't having as many children yeah. and so then you have Is cholera
2: s- by the way is it bacterial or is it like- it's, a it's a
0: bacteria that you that is in water that's basically from uh, water that's come in contact with human feces always
1: always because basically what happens is somebody... So I don't know when cholera came into humans, but basically it's transmitted through contaminated water. Mm-hmm. Um, so someone has cholera, you actually have an evacuative process when you have cholera, oh, like yeah. mass diarrhea, mm-hmm. to the point of dehydration and death. Yeah. And so that then gets spread through that water being in contact with... So if, if, that, if your effluent gets in contact with drinking water, that's how it spreads really rapidly. Mm-hmm. And so because they didn't have all these water pipes... There was a lot of
0: mixing and leaks and, oh, leaks and things like that. Or just would have waste to go straight out into like either a river or something where water is drawn from.
1: Yes. And just so hard. there was all of these really bad, like sort of like cross-contamination processes, mm. which were eventually through these sanitary reform measures and boards of health realizing they need to adopt mechanisms to kind of stop these sorts of sanitation disasters from happening. Cause that's mm-hmm. what the cholera outbreak was. It was a sanitation disaster. Mm. Cause um, Do you
2: have numbers on deaths and shit? Death?
1: Oh no, I don't. I, I because I don't think they have numbers on deaths. Disagreed. Oh, at wow. the time,
0: it was compared to the bubonic plague. It
1: was bad. Mother of God. Yeah, and so what eventually happened was was boards of health, um, parliaments, all of these different um, mm. bodies that could actually make these changes, sanitary reform bodies essentially established baseline building code pr- practices mm. and had the authority and the right to go into people's houses and basically say you need to fix these pipe this pipe situation. And in, in fact, the Philadelphia Board of Health in 1885 adopted a, a building code that had a minimum standard, standard of sanitary plumbing that was required mm. for all mm. buildings in Philadelphia because they also were having huge cholera outbreaks So,
2: what, sorry with the great stink what, yes. did we get a year on that 1858 right, wow so it
1: actually took it took until it took like 20 30 years mm. for people to actually start adopting these measures let alone the time it takes to actually build yeah. the infrastructure right, of okay. the plumbing and everything like that because another
0: big shift here is that like not only are they um, they being like uh, the government and authorities and medical authorities and stuff mm-hmm. saying we need to plumb London and Paris and stuff like that, but it's also like the government is doing it, yes. which is a huge shift. because yeah. from just like oh, the poor sections are they live there and that's fine. They can they can make their rivers of people there. They life. should have thought of that. Before yeah, so like, And all of a sudden it's public, like public Like we
1: had public health officers. So yeah. we had like like you know chief health officer. We had public health officers going wow. out and saying going into people's houses and saying you need to fix this because it goes against the minimum standards that and we they're set. they're
2: like, cholera yeah. is a scam, uh, this is a <laughs> plandemic. Uh...
1: Actually, no, weirdly <laughs> enough, they were fine. Yeah, okay. You know, and then the flu outbreak in 1915, which was also sometimes attributed to water, um, it was fine, That everyone followed the rules. They were fine
2: with their children not dying. Um, um, so yeah, they wore masks. They were fine. What, so they weren't a pack of um, Idiots. No. pathetic toddlers? Yeah, okay, right.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, like, all of a sudden it becomes the government's role to... Uh, Create an urban environment which is safe, yes, sanitary. This mm. is like a massive shift. So it's, the, it's funny the plumbing is a part of that.
2: <laughs> but is that almost like I feel like that's like a direct shift away from monarchy? You know what I mean? <laughs> Into like you know here is a government of a group of people now representing specific areas because of the municipal requirements of all of this sort of yeah. shit Yeah, and there was also there was rhetoric at the time of like we pay rates why are we living in squalor? Or right. Yeah. Yeah. First of um, all, how dare you? I, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs>
1: You know, and it it, I just find it, I just, like, all of this technology existed for um, quite a long time, and we think about, like, the toilet, and, and, like, there's this whole thing of, like, who invented the toilet, and I think there's this, like, really, like, you know, a false etymology of of the invention of the toilet. Um, Do you have anything about the invention of the toilet? The false one? I kind of do, yeah. Well, there's you know, It
2: was Archie Flush. (laughs) No,
0: you did the Sir Thomas Crapper thing, right? Oh, no. You know, everyone says, oh, Sir Thomas Crapper. Of course, the Thomas Crapper was a real person, right? Okay, poor guy. <laughs> okay, total, total factoid. Right, he didn't
2: deserve that name.
0: Okay, so like the toilet, in, in its original formulation, that is recognisable to the modern device, was dates in fifteen ninety six. That's John Harrington who invented the sort of flushing part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, this is the sort of thing that's in, developed in stages. Like, what year did he invented, in
1: invented that? Sorry. A 1596. Wow, that's earlier than I expected. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, but it wasn't used much because the pipes would explode, and that's gross. It's almost better to just use a bucket. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, the S-trap, which, um, you know, the first of the water trap pipes mm-hmm. invented by Alexander Cummings in 1775. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so mm-hmm. traps
1: were traps were used for a very long time. The S-trap was replaced by the U-trap. So basically the, they have, they're named by the, the shape. So the S-trap is like two really big bends. Mm-hmm. The U-trap's a big bend that sort of goes into like either a straight line which is what or just a drop or just a drop Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what a modern toilet uses a Mm -hmm. U-bend S-bends would block constantly or they would they would have Mm -hmm. issues whereas U-bends they didn't overflow they didn't have all these issues yeah so S-bends
0: you you still find them you might find one under your sink but um, I know at least in the US they're banned Mm. so they only use like uh, P-traps which are basically the same thing like a little bend and then it goes straight before it goes down and they're more reliable because if the trap is not designed properly right um, the A siphon effect can happen that actually pulls the water out of the trap. Oh, nice. <laughs> which is want. how
1: you get then the smelly. And just not just um, smelly.
0: They can occasionally explode, sewer gases. in oh, cases fine. in the States where, um, like, a house is just spontaneously combusted. Oh, Jesus Christ. Because if the plumbing wasn't set up properly, yeah, And it wow. exploded. Anyway, so the toilet was invented in stages. What Sir Thomas Crapper did mm-hmm. was, well, I think he invented a part of the system which is the ball cockpit, which floats.
2: Okay. So, that so first of all, You've got crapper, ball and cock in the same <laughs> sentence. And you're really saying that to me, right? And it flips in the system. I see, right.
1: Yeah, and the cistern is like the most complicated element of the toilet. And it's yeah. actually the thing that makes the modern convenience a convenience because it's, it's got the whole flushing and refill, it all happens in one go. Mm. Whereas previous to the system being developed in this way, you would just have to get a bucket and make sure you had a full bucket of water. It's like when you go into a public bathroom and there's no toilet paper, Mm. you have to make sure you had the water. Because otherwise you have to go find the water and then bring it back. It's the whole thing.
0: Okay, and so I know what you're thinking about Sir Thomas Crapper though, right? Mm -hmm. That, oh, but his name is still Crapper. Surely that's where we get crap from. That's also another thing everybody says. I'm thinking
2: this is bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: So um, I actually thought that too, because I'm like, surely, come on. And you know the old myth is that you know there were soldiers in World War One, and American World War One, and they were looking at a toilet and it said "crap" on the side of it, so um, sort of like let's go, I'm going to go use the crapper, sort of thing.
1: Because he admi- he used as he made the cistern.
0: Yeah, so his name might have been on it or something, but mm. it's it's not really that may well be true, but the word "crap" and associated with poop predates it by like I don't know medieval Latin, so <laughs> <laughs> so Middle English origin. Um, and it's a likely a combination of two older words, one which is old French krappe, meaning um, siftings, waste, or rejected matter, mm-hmm. and Dutch krappen to pluck off, cut off, or separate. Mm-hmm. And that's all from medieval Latin crapper. Which means waste, siftings, or rejected oh, matter. Okay, right, okay sweet. <laughs> um, yeah, so you know, like, and also like it's it's it makes its appearance in English like definitely in around the time. Sir Thomas Crapper was born, mm. so that that is a myth. Mm. And it was, that, by the way, that written reference was in reference to a crapping ken, or privy. A what crapping mean? ken. Ken. It's not like a kennel. Ken was a hackmanta like, house. It's right. Like a okay. crapping ken. The shithouse. Shithouse. Shit yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, I love that we've been calling the the room in which houses the toilet fun names since they've been invented. Like that's yeah. so much fun. Like we're not going to just call it toilet room. We're not just going to mm. call it the shithouse. Like we're going to call it so many very different: the privy, the mm. lavatory, the bathroom, the powder room. That's my favourite. The
2: pisser or the shitter. The Can all I the ask yes. about the word dunny for a minute?
1: We don't have anything like on dunny. We'll
2: yeah.
1: Maybe should I'll do a quick. Well, do, quick, well, do you want to do a quick Google? um
2: because this is something for again for listeners outside of australia uh one of our more popular um colloquial terms for the toilet is of course the dunny here um and i have no idea why i mean yeah. it, it could end up being depending on how this quick google goes it could easily be one of those situations where it's just like oh look australian's doing some more inexplicable language shit
1: yeah uh, well, we'll also- doing that i might actually just explain how cistern works oh, do a please little smith science corner for Yay. everybody who wants to understand because i do think that we decide to not think too much about how a toilet functions um until it breaks and then we hire somebody who uh knows how to fix that shit yeah to to fix it and we never have to think about it so i think it's useful to get an understanding of how pipes taps all of these things work yes so a toilet so the cistern is the most integral part because it's the part that holds the water that flushes everything out. So essentially what happens is there's this whole uh, chain lever system where you push the button or pull the lever depending, or pull the chain depending on what age toilet you have. Mm-hmm. It pulls a mechanism which opens up um, uh, a flap, uh, basically the thing that was keeping the water in there from, mm-hmm. and then that gravity filters into the toilet. You can occasionally get pressurized toilets to use less water. They're basically more water efficient. Right. But that's not a common thing that's used. And so once that happens, you have this ball float that will eventually lower as the water drains out. And then once that's reached a point, a minimum, it will pull another thing, which will start the refill process.
2: And then once it gets to a certain height, po- it, once then it closes it. Then closes it. Ah, so then the ball float floats well. up. And so then
1: that process happens, which is why, like, uh, if you've ever tried to flush a toilet twice in a row, you know, the second one doesn't...
2: Because the system it doesn't is completely empty. Because the system doesn't work mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm.
1: Also, some a PSA for people with uh, toilets in their houses, uh, which might be people listening. Mm-hmm. Um, there are shut-off valves that are existing either inside the system or outside the system, which you can use to make it stop filling up. If you, I would find that on your toilet because if you're having an issue where you're, you know how you can have it's those? Overflowing it's overflowing constantly running. Constantly running. Yeah. You can turn it off. There's a valve. You just got to find it. I don't know where the one is on our toilet. I'm gonna f- try and find it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But they exist. Find where it is because that might help no, you. The valve
2: is actually just like down inside the toilet. Yeah. You have to manually reach in.
1: And no, and I'm just gonna give it a little tweak. I'm not
2: to the shoulder. I'm not Samantha. gonna acknowledge it is that this. That fucking deep in the
1: shit. And if we do have time, I do want to talk about how taps and forces work because I just find them very fascinating. Okay,
0: happy. first, I have returned from my etymology. From the, from
2: the Dunny search, yeah.
0: Yeah, okay, so the first thing I found is that in other dialects of English, Dunny is short for dungeon and often refers to a sex dungeon. What I've, another thing I've learned is, so all of you listeners may be having a good old laugh at us. Uh-huh. But first, the origin of the um, Australian one um, is it's from some early sort of New South Wales colonial era. Nonsense. Uh, nonsense. In, ref- in reference to an outhouse, as you might imagine. So, a clipped form of English uh, cunt of Dunakin. So, Dunakin. English what? Sorry? C A N T. Oh, I see. My brother. <laughs> um, so, kind of uncertain etymology, but it probably comes from Dunna and Ken. Dunna meaning shit. And uh, Ken, Ken. Meaning house. Meaning house, the same way as. So, shithouse as well. So, a Dunna or just a dunne. Means, It just means a shithouse. So and it's, it's always always kind of an in dunne. already a shortened.
2: Abbreviated thing.
0: Of, of another word. Yeah. And it's then we like,
2: always, always have to take it further. Dunny.
0: And then I actually hear Dunno as well. Like, just keep going. Dunno.
2: <laughs> Interesting. Oh, Australia. Well, I'm glad we've looked that up because yay.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... Yeah, so that's how system works, and I think mm-hmm. that that's really uh, important information. Tell us of the
0: simple majesty of our pipes and taps, Sam. Tell us how taps work.
1: Okay, so taps um, are another really important part of plumbing because that's about the water in part, right? Mm-hmm. So we've been talking a lot about the water out part because that's the thing that we really want to happen. We yeah, want that that's... to go mm. away. But we also like to have water come in because the showers, we like to drink water, you know, all the fun things. Um, washing our clothes, all the stuff. So we need to have all these Sitting mechanisms. in the
0: bottom of the shower crying. <laughs> <laughs> sure,
1: like if that's what you like. Yeah. Um, so we have these magical things called taps or there's so many words for them. Tap, faucet, spigot, silcock, bib, wall hydrant, spigot. Stop. Valve. All of these things. What are, we call them taps, uh, because that's what they're called.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's in British and Australian English, it's tap. Usually the Commonwealth countries call it tap, but apparently it's in American English, it's faucet it is more...
1: Yeah, and mm-hmm. so obviously, when you're thinking of a tap, we... Like a lot of, depending on what age your house is, you either have the type that are like the screw taps, which mm-hmm. are like basically the, a screw. And this is the thing. Another thing to know how this works: a tap is a very simple device. It's just a screw that has a seal that cuts off the flow of water.
2: And when you yeah. un- undo, undo the screw, it, it's it lifts opening up. And, opens and, then and so, display. if you're
1: having an issue where your tap isn't turning off, for instance, your shower just keeps running even though you've turned it off. My tip to you... This has worked for me in the past. Unscrew is to put your it arm all the way. deep in the no, toilet. No, you unscrew it. Because then you've got a different Basically, problem. open the valve the whole way and then try and reclose it. Because what sometimes happens is it gets misaligned. And Anyway, well, okay. PSAs for people. But what you have That's is you have funny. different kinds of taps. You have... Um, Liquid taps, which are obviously the taps that we use, but they're... Sorry,
0: I thought you meant, like, the tap was liquid for just a split second. Okay, you're out of your <laughs> I mind. I was impressed.
1: And then you have gas taps, which, if you've ever been in a science class in, like, high school, the old benches with the oxygen, and they're very cool. Yeah. So, what I was sort of more interested in looking at was mixer taps. So, the modern taps, which we have, which are the sort of... The, you lift it up, and you shift it left and right. How yeah, old so the fuck did that heat, work?
2: Heat, cold, lift... It, yeah, yeah, open close.
1: So... On a, on a regular sort of like if you've got the tap screws, you've got one that's a hot tap, one that's a cold tap. You open them up and the ratio of how open one is to the other is that what creates the temperature, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same principle that works, except it's got this like... It's got this added complication where you have to sort of like simultaneously be opening and closing um, one side at varying degrees. So it has kind
2: of like an internal rudder. In, yeah, essentially.
1: Okay. Um, and so if you've... Ever been in a house which has... Have you ever been in a bathroom which has like the hot tap has its own faucet and the, and like, an own outlet and the cold tap has its own outlet? Have you ever been in a bathroom that has that? Because they used uh, to exist for a the, bit. The,
2: well, I mean, if you're going to run a bath in the olden times. Yeah, you have, the separate, you
1: have the separate outlets, separate taps. It was all kept separate. Yeah, right. Um... That was how taps used to function for a very long time. So they would have basically straight to hot water, straight to cold water. And then they were like an ingenious idea. What if we had one outlet and then they mixed before you got a claim out of the pipe? Mm-hmm. And that's the invention of water. It is witchcraft and does
0: not conform to our moral norms. <laughs>
1: <laughs> very good. Um, but just something that cursed me when I was reading was, so, um, you know, like the H means hot and the C means cold. Yeah. Doesn't in all, all countries? Doesn't in all languages? Well, it's, well because it's yeah,
0: because like ours is based off English, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Yeah.
1: So Romance languages like um, Italian, French, Spanish
2: mm-hmm.
1: use um, the opposite. So C is hot.
2: Hot <laughs> <For> <laughs> <laughs> and oh, cold. cold. <laughs> no,
1: and it's because <laughs> of it's because in those languages the word for cold starts with an F, so Freud. -hmm. Is the French word for cold, Mm -hmm. and then the word for hot starts with a C, so in Spanish it's like calente, starts Mm -hmm. with a C. If it starts with an F for
0: hot, then why is why is it an H?
1: Don't ask questions I don't have (laughs) answers to. It's an H.
0: Okay. It's weird. But then but the point is is that, you know, if you're an English speaker
2: going to those countries, maybe think twice. No, but they use colours. it's, It's for Star Wars fans. Why? Hoth is a frozen ice. Don't know. Know. Oh, no. I do see
1: Anyway. Um, Coruscant,
2: you fuck. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> a on. steamy place. Come
1: on. Um, so most of the time, though, they use colour as well. So the red means hot. And blue or green means cold. Blue means oh, cold. Can you
2: imagine if that varies across the world? Yeah. It probably does. But also there was... <laughs> okay, sometimes, like, it. when you feel blue, it's when you're sad. And uh, if, you, if you burned yourself... <laughs> it's upsetting, but,
1: but also, it? makes you angry. There was, there's also a um, left-right consistency as well. So, oh,
2: that's interesting.
1: Um, hot is usually on the left. Cold is What do you think drives that? Is
2: that just conventional? I, con- I
1: think it's just... That's the way it's always been done. And that's the and way they just continue. just
2: bloody it. how it's going to be. Um...
1: And obviously, things have gotten like taps can get over and over and over complicated. So nowadays, we have things like, especially in a drought-prone uh, country like Australia, we've got things like aerators so that they can use less water. Mm. But also, aerators minimize splash. So they minimize like backsplash because it air it puts bubbles into it, so it comes oh, out right. rather than a, like a Softer stream of water rather than softens it. yeah. Because
0: Australia has like it's. At least in, in Queensland, that all showers have to have water savers that do that that aerate, mm-hmm. um, and and toilets. I think I have to. I think new toilets all have to have the dual flush buttons. Oh yeah, Which is an Australian invention.
1: Oh yeah, I haven't talked about water. the dual flush. So there's like button. a half
2: flush button and a full flush.
1: Button. Yeah, and basically it's like one's for pee and one's for poo. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, it, it's really interesting. In some places, they've completely shut off the half flush function mm-hmm. and they only give you the full flush function which i think is very it's damaging just wasteful,
2: isn't it? yeah
1: um so yeah, that's a little bit about i would actually advise everyone to look into how a tap works and get an understanding of that because it could save you a lot of water, um, a lot and, a lot of water of, and a lot of pain,
2: pain. yeah i mean um, we're yeah. like i think we've all of us at this table have experienced some uh, plumbing mishaps in the past and they, they are they are
1: there's something so feel, upsetting. They feel
2: desperate, don't they? Yeah.
1: Even... Especially because plumbers are literally just the only people who can solve these problems, yeah, really. They're and, well. in, and they're so busy all the time. What I
0: love about plumbers is, is when they, like, we get a plumber in to solve a problem, usually something tiny, and they come in and, and you know, like, they approach stuff like the <laughs> leaking X, you know, like, mm. mess and filth like it's nothing. They're just like, you know, remember, and... um at our old place, there was an old, a really old plumber dude who came by, and he was practically had webbed feet. Like he just walked around without shoes. Mm. Like, a shirt what we mean by up, that, by the chest. way, by the
1: webbed feet comment, is like they deal with water so much they've adapted biologically oh, to I being yeah, in water, yeah. like ducks
0: would. Literally, webbed, webbed feet. feet. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so, you know, I, and I was so grateful for that. At the same time, um, when you're talking about tap sand, I was reminded that so many times that. You know, I've brought plumbers in, and it's been something that's been embarrassingly simple to solve. Yes, because mm. you know how, like, um like one plumber on YouTube, uh, Roger Wakefield, said it. It's like you know, it's it's not an, it's not easy. It's not, not anyone can do it plumbing, but it's also not hard either. Mm. It's it's just basically like solving problems um, and being committed to solving them, mm. no matter how much you w- wade through. Like,
1: yeah, and I love that he was he also the one that had the the principle of like, yeah, it's dirty work, but like it's nothing worse than than what's going to come out of your pipe, so, like, yeah. just go home, clean yourself well, use soap, and you'll be fine. It'll wash off. You know, mm-hmm. this
0: thick Texan accent, it was like, you know, um, we get paid to play in the mud. I remember when, when I was a kid, I used to get in trouble for playing in the mud. Now I get paid for it. Mm. Um, and I thought that was great because I, th- I thought it captured, like, an attitude that I'd already recognised in any interactions I've had with, with plumbers um, professionally, um, but it was you know, it was kind of said out loud.
2: Yeah, and I, but I, what I find fascinating about that is that it's like again, whether you love or hate your job as a plumber, or whether you're indifferent to it, and it's just how what pays the mortgage or the rent or whatever. Um, it's such an essential thing. And like as like to sort of sum up everything that we've covered, it's just like we rely in a really central way to all of our livelihoods and existence as individuals and also as a society at large on the existence of plumbing and that infrastructure And again, in a modern context of us, like we said, not really understanding how a tap works even, now, or, or a dual flush toilet, let alone anything more complicated than that, that the the role of the plumber to come in and be the expert in something so essential is essential to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, for one, am extraordinarily grateful for the help that I've had from plumbers in the past, <laughs> as well as for the existence of things that flush bad things out of my house uh, forever, some, some things that I've created myself. Mm. Uh, And,
0: like, after all, like, I think my big takeaway from this is that, like, looking throughout um, human history, like, civilization as we know it, you know, people living in cities and big settlements and stuff like we do, is basically not possible without this concept, Mm. without this invention and without this profession. Um, It's not possible because we would – the the death would be too rampant, the the, the suffering too great. Mm. We would never be able to live the way um, so many humans live without plumbing.
2: Without the creativity of someone yeah. in the past who created uh, a, a beautiful solution to a really messed up problem. And of course, accidentally solving cholera outbreaks. Yeah. With slight time. misinterpretations of why this yeah. stuff was happening. And I,
1: I do like to think, sometimes sit and think and go, okay, if... My electricity breaks. It doesn't keep me home solving the problem immediately. It's something mm. that can be dealt with later, and you can live without that for a small amount of time. Mm-hmm. If your toilet breaks or if a pipe bursts, that is something that needs to be dealt with immediately. Because it's, it's emergent. It's it emer- <laughs> it's, like, it's it's um, and it's an emergency, and so that the to me. The
0: has opened to our lives. It just
1: it just so highlights how we take for granted this thing that.
2: It's super tenuous. It's just so, yeah, it's we're a on precarious. The edge of disaster. And yeah.
1: we rely on these people to do this work for us because we just don't have the ability to do it ourselves. Mm. And without them, we wouldn't be able to live on top of each other and in close proximity with each other. And particularly
0: powerful when you think about that um, a whole bunch of people don't live with it. Yes.
1: Mm. Yes. And we're incredibly lucky to have access to these and that our day is slightly ruined because our amazing toilet broke. Mm. But at least we have a toilet.
2: Yeah, exactly. And sort of a reminder of, of that luck and the privilege that we have to live in the societies that we do. I think that's incredible. I think that you guys have gone way more in depth for this than I actually thought was possible. That's freaking amazing. You guys went shoulder deep into the toilet and you turned the faucet <laughs> off. Uh, I hope that you guys are walking away from today with a little bit more respect for the things going on in your house. And maybe we can all take plumbing a little less for granted in general. Might be cool to look into how a tap works or how to uh, fix your own toilet. But in the meantime, appreciate a plumber and everything that they do for you and appreciate the society in which we live which is basically on the backbone of the infrastructure of plumbing indeed thanks very much for listening guys it's been really fun if you guys want to send us your suggestions on things that we that you want us to cover hit us up on social media we've got an instagram account at the music in everything podcast and you can reach us on twitter at tmie podcast as well it's been great having you with us and once again it's goodbye from me and sam's goodbye bye see you later take care of each other my friends flush the toilet don't waste water